and welcome to Cinema Spectator, a show where an expert and a casual movie fan watch classic movies to see if they hold up for the modern viewer. Today's film is May-December, directed by Todd Haynes, starring Natalie Portman and Julianne Moore. My name is Cameron Tuttle. I'm joined with Juzo Greenwood. Juzo, how are you doing? I'm doing pretty well. Uh, still, you know, when you have COVID, the after effects... I, did you have this where they still linger, like the cough and stuff? I never stuff got when COVID. Oh, you never got it? Nope. Yeah, not one. Oh, I thought you got it one time. Oh, my goodness. Well, no. you're very lucky. Um, well, in my case, it still lingers a little bit, but mostly I'm mm. okay. I'm, I'm not, I, I haven't been positive since before New York. Um, yeah. And mostly I've just been having a nice time kind of kind of blast through as many 2023 releases in the run up to the Oscars, um, because I think we're going to do kind of a best of the year show. And I know I'm trying to see all the stuff that kind of slipped by, which I feel like more and more these days is is a lot of stuff because you know stuff doesn't play in theaters you end up just or i end up just kind of missing it um a lot of foreign movies i've been watching i'm very like french cinema pilled right now i i have to say i've been you know we've had a complicated relationship with the french on this show but i think we need to you know have some respect because because the french are 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 doing some great stuff um but uh, yeah how are you doing cameron Mm, I'm doing good. Um, I have not been watching any French movies, nor any movies, uh, just because oh. I've been in Tahoe. I've been skiing. So, yeah, that was fun. I had a nice break this week. Um, I did catch the Super Bowl, which was pretty... It was an awesome game and a very disappointing ending. So yeah, that, that, as, that as Super Bowl go. sucked. That was so bad. <laughs> I, you know, I, I, what are you I, talking I, about? It was a great game. But, I mean, it's... I mean... But the game is only determined on if you want your team to win. You know, I don't care about the team. I could have cared less if they won. But it was, you know, when when your mom and your brother are like going through like the most emotional turmoil you could possibly imagine, <laughs> you feel a little, little bit of sympathetic, like rooting interest. Uh, mm, and mm. Uh, yeah, we talked a little about some of the commercials and stuff. Was that last week we were talking? About? Anyway, but yeah, was, we did. Yeah, it was. Uh, I mean, it's 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 a terrible show, and even the halftime show was pretty mid this year. Actually, last year I liked the Rihanna one. Uh, I know you're yeah, a big fan too. of Rihanna, Cameron, but um, but it, I realized you know I haven't watched this uh, an entire Super Bowl like start to finish since probably I don't know 15 years ago. I remember there's one year hmm. I just always watched it. It was like the Oscars where I'm just like I have to watch this, and then there's one year where I was like. I'm just going to watch Malcolm X downstairs. So I went and watched Malcolm X and then I was like, Oh, I can just skip the Super Bowl." Uh, so I just, I've never, <laughs> I've never watched it since, you know? And uh, in fact, that, last year was the first time I think I saw that Beyonce, Bruno Mars, Chris Martin mm-hmm. halftime show. Like I just watched it on YouTube. I was like, this is incredible. Like, how did I, you know, of course I was probably just watching something else, not Malcolm X, but yeah, it was, uh, it can be a cool show, but, um, but it is fun when you're I was with my mom and, and we were just kind of hanging out. And it is kind of fun to watch the terrible commercials when you're with another person because you can kind of goof on them and yeah. just be like, wow, this sucks. Or what's going on here? Or why are there a bunch of photos with the, the whole thing with the, the photos and the, the Jesus ad was I almost I kind of have to hand it to that ad because I was t- to be fair, it wasn't annoying and loud. It was two minutes of my mom and me leaning forward going, what on earth is this? And why is it still photographs? And then the ending and going, oh, it's an ad for Jesus, you know, uh, which is a nice <laughs> surprise. 
Uh, it's funny because I I recognized it right away. Um, it was it was very it was very clear what they were doing to me at least. But um, yeah, yeah. I know, it might, maybe you know, my mom knew. I can't, I can't remember. But for for me, the imagery. Yeah. I mean, I was just. It's also just weird to do an ad that's uh, still images. But I kind of l- like it compared to a lot of this stuff where the editing of these ads is like insane to me like the 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 speed of how they're cutting because they you know they have such little time it's so expensive to buy super bowl time it's really like pretty uh you know obnoxious to watch yeah yeah yeah. and then football is such a boring game like god it's so it's just like they're always stopping and who cares but uh but by the end it was pretty exciting i guess um but i like watching football that's the only sport that i that i truly no like to watch yeah it you think is, football yeah. is more enjoyable to watch than basketball or like, uh, even baseball to me is more fun to watch really no yeah, yeah. for me like i respect basketball in some ways but i i could never watch it um on especially on tv um there's something about how i it's it's maybe it's too exhausting to watch and like I, it's it's very hard for me to get the, the I like watching the strategy. I think that's what what I care more about. So like, yeah, I guess it is a little like, military tactician kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So like, so football for me, that's like a good game where I'm like, I'm like, okay, this makes sense. They're making like true decisions as a team. It's very like, um, you know, you're you're kind of in there with the you know the strategy and then the feats are are in service of the feats of athleticism are in service to the strategy whereas like basketball and even baseball is baseball is like just a crapshoot to me where it's like i can't even tell if like anybody knows what's going on (laughs) you know it's like it's just luck you know they just hit one guy hits one really well you know and then then they all run around there's (laughs) there's skill involved and it's just i like baseball because it's like a mexican standoff you know (laughs) yeah um well anyways this is not a (laughs) yeah no one wants to hear about sports not a sports podcast this isn't even an old movie podcast because we're doing may december which came out when did this come out i don't even know i think it came out in i think it was november of oh, last no, December first. Oh yeah, November in theaters. Then came on to Netflix oh, yeah, yeah. in December. Yeah, Got I it. saw it in theaters. It was you know very li- Netflix. The way they release stuff is awful. And if you're down <laughs> in uh, Santa Clara or like Cameron, you're just what you're gonna drive an hour. Cameron will drive an hour to see The Killer, but not an hour <laughs> to see some weird Todd Haynes movie. Who I have to say, not a director I'm like always in love with his movies, but I quite like this one. Um, but before we get into that, should I give a little, uh, a few plugs to stuff I watched this week? Because yeah, do it. I've seen a few good things. All right. So on the on the catching up front, uh, I saw a German film called A Fire, which is by Christian Petzl, the director I've historically hated all of his movies like his movie transit phoenix like i always dislike his movies they get great reviews it maybe i'm just a different movie goer and i have more patience but uh and maybe if i went back and watched those movies i would like them but this was absolutely riveting to me basically a movie uh about uh a couple of friends who go to live in a stay in a cabin and it's basically about just a very unpleasant person who can't have a nice time on vacation 
And while <laughs> I don't think I'm as unpleasant as this guy, there was definitely, I could definitely relate to his inability to have fun, to hang out with his friends, to take part in activities. And he'd rather just sit behind his laptop and I have business to attend to, you know, it was just, uh, it was very funny to me. Um, and, and also it was, there's a pleasure in watching a movie that, of a guy who has social skills that make me look like George Clooney, you know, like this guy, <laughs> this guy is so unlikable. It's just amazing. Um, so that was very, very good movie uh, called a fire. And um, let's see. I also watched a French film uh, just right now called other people's children. Very nice, pleasant. This is the kind of thing I think like French directors do really well. Just like nice movies that don't have a lot of plot. They're just kind of, you know, pleasantly going along and have some drama, but it's very kind of everyday. This is about a woman who's about 40 and she's kind of like starting to wonder if, you know, she'll even be able to have kids at this point. And she sort of enters a relationship with um, a man who's a little bit older, but who has a young daughter. And she sort of becomes, I guess, a kind of a surrogate parental figure. Um, And it was just beautiful. And it featured a lovely cameo by my guy, the 93 year old, director frederick wiseman uh as her gynecologist i guess he speaks (laughs) he lives in france so he speaks french um so it was was nice that was actually the main reason i even heard of this movie was it's like frederick wiseman is in this and then it just turned out to be a very nice movie a wonderful performance by uh virginie efira did you ever see benedetta no the lesbian nun the nun one yeah Yeah, with uh, the Paul Verho- yeah, I saw that with Nancy actually. Yeah, we had so much fun with that movie. Yeah, that that movie is insane. Um, but that's also Vin- uh, Virginia Fira, a really wonderful actress. Um, on the on the flip side of French cinema, I watched a film called Pacifiction, which is a nearly three hour film where absolutely nothing happens and it's all improvised. Um, I, I as I, partway through this movie, I looked it up on IMDb, and it turned out this guy. He shot 500 hours of footage of this movie. Like he's just <laughs> shooting, improv- you know, and he just basically kept whatever he thought was most interesting. Um, there is a certain mood and a look to this movie that I thought was interesting. It wasn't completely terrible, but it's like I would never recommend this to anyone. <laughs> like I, I see what he's going for. And some people like this sort of thing where it's just like you soak in the vibes. But I was, I don't know. To me, it was it was pretty dull and meandering. Um, I liked actually when it kind of he steps almost into the avant-garde as it ends or in the last like 30 minutes. So it starts to feel like as you're watching this, because you're watching this movie, it's just in so inane and nonsense. Like you're just like, what is going on? What are these people talking about? And then when it steps into the avant-garde, it like you're the experience of watching the movie is like you're losing your mind. Um, so mm. if that sounds like a nice experience, I'd rest it right here. It's called Pacifiction. Uh, but no, I did not enjoy uh, that film. Um, another film I saw taking place in France, but by an American director is called Passages. Um, and another movie about a, just a truly awful person, um, like a fire, but I mean like probably worse than this guy. Cause this, this is like a movie about this. <laughs> Here's an example of what this guy does. He, he, he sleeps with the woman and then he comes back to his husband and not only does he want to tell the guy about it, like admit that he did it, but he wants to like tell him about it, like how it was this like wonderful experience for him. And his husband, his <laughs> husband doesn't even react like it's like such a shocking thing that this happened. Like he just wants to go to sleep and wishes this guy would stop bothering him. And um, the, the guy just proceeds to kind of ruin the lives of his, his very nice husband played by 
the lovely British actor Ben Wishaw, aka the voice of Paddington, um, who's wonderful in the movie, um, and then his French um, the woman he's sleeping with. I guess he's like a gay man who's he's finding a new uh, joy in his life and sleeping with women now. Um, but yeah, this this movie, I I I, um, I I was expecting maybe a little bit more from it. I think I just heard had heard really good things about it. So maybe my expectations were a bit elevated. It was it kind of ends up being just like a series of this, the same thing happening over and over. This guy just being awful, but um, you know I enjoy that sort of thing. So it, it was pretty amusing. Um, and then finally on the new movie front, I saw um, a film called River, um, which is by a director called Jennifer Peedom, who I think is probably one of the most well better lesser known directors around this is a movie that is entirely just footage of rivers and original music and narration by willem dafoe who maybe is my favorite voice in cinema like i think Mm. willem dafoe has a lovely voice and it's very pleasant to just listen to him it's a 70 minute movie just him talking about rivers kind of poetically and uh, music playing and and beautiful like amazing photography drone photography all the sort of um stuff with regard to rivers and she did a movie called mountain that was like the exact same thing with mountains basically willem dafoe narrating uh music by richard tognetti um it's a little bit there's a there's a kind of a corniness to it i kind of wonder if it's a it would be a better movie without some of the narration that almost becomes a little maybe a little didactic but it's still i mean it's still you're listening to Willem Dafoe. So I, I had a nice time uh, with this one. Um, and I really wish I had saw it in theaters. I saw Mountain Mountain was in theaters. And this is kind of like a testament to how much things have changed since 2018 when that came out. Because that was mm. like one of those... The Static Cinema would sometimes have movies that just played for one week. You know, just here's some random movie. And I just see it because like, oh, I guess the trailer looks interesting. Um, so that was, you know, cool to see in a theater. And then I'm watching at home on a disc and like my computer's <laughs> acting up and it's, it was just awful experience, even though a very good movie. Mm. Um, and then, yeah, really quick for mixed class, we watched, uh, the Jim Jarmusch movie, Stranger Than Paradise. We're going through the 1980s in his class. Oh, yeah. And this is a very odd movie. Another movie, I've been watching a lot of movies where like nothing happens. And this is a movie, it's interesting how that can vary from like a fire which is like super compelling to like pacifiction which is like you want to shoot yourself and stranger (laughs) than paradise is kind of in the middle where it's kind of boring and it wasn't totally like i like a lot of jarmusch's movies more than this one like patterson Mm -hmm. another movie about just a guy driving a bus and you know writing poetry but it's like a wonderful film Um, also his film only lovers left alive another kind of like similar vibe really compelling uh, Stranger Than Paradise. It's only eighty four minutes. I I told my buddy Bruce after. I was like, he's like eighty four minutes. I was like, I thought it was two and a half hours. Like it just felt so long and kind of slow. Um, but it is like it's pleasant. You know, it, it kind of reminded me of when I saw Cry Macho. You know, where you're mm-hmm. like, it's not it's not really great. And there's probably a lot of things you could say bad about it. But I had a nice. It was pleasant company. And by that virtue, I think you'd have to say uh, it was a good movie. Um, and then the final thing that we watched, uh, my my nomination for the film club, I finally got my pals to watch the film Waves, and Ooh. that was really awesome. Uh, I don't know if they, a lot of them had a kind of similar take, which is like they didn't enjoy it, but they like respected it. 
And I think mm. more because I don't know how it, I, I'm sure that style is kind of abrasive. And I, I couldn't imagine what some of these guys are thinking, listening to this modern, you know, like Kanye <laughs> West or like they probably never heard yeah, any of this yeah. music. Um, but also it's, you know, it's quite emotional and harrowing. It's funny. I don't even really think of it like, oh, this is like a really upsetting movie, but like it, it actually like really is. Oh yeah, um, 100%. I, but to me, it's so like joyous to watch and I'm so thrilled by the filmmaking. I don't really, and also it's not, it's not like Schindler's List where it's like a real thing, you know? So it's, I know, I enjoyed it. And me and my dad, my dad like absolutely loved it. And we had a great time watching it together. Really like, you know, I mean, very emotional, but, but we were just, and then we were like, spent an hour just like spinning the film back to like look at different things and um also had he seen it before you've never seen it he didn't know anything about it he just knew something bad happened or whatever but (laughs) it was uh no it was really cool uh and also the the movie ends with like one of my dad's favorite songs the sounded color so that was really cool yeah um wonderful film if i I love i love 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 waves and i think in 2019 i said it was my favorite film of 2019 which is Maybe pretty incredible because it's that year was so amazing with so many good. I said it was my favorite movies. film actually that year. Yeah. I would maybe, I mean, it's a crazy year that it's that would be the maybe maybe the fourth best film that year. I mean, it's like Irishman, Once Upon a Time, uh, Four View Ferrari. You know, it's just amazing what yeah. was coming out. It was one of these things also where it ended and my dad was like, "Did this got Oscar nominations, right? I was like, nope. No. And I have to explain. <laughs> I, you sure see how silly a lot of this controversy is when it's five years removed and you have to explain to your father that like, because the director was white and like people were <laughs> weird about how sincere the movie was. It, uh, you know, it, it got some kind of backlash. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I can understand it's not for everyone, but it's a shame. But uh, hopefully, hopefully, maybe maybe Schultz's next movie will be more of a hit. He's he's got. I think it's coming out this year. Something with the weekend. Um, mm. So we'll see. Yeah. Well, um, yeah, I didn't watch anything, so um, I guess we can get into the movie. I feel like um, right. there's we haven't seen each other in so long. There's, there's so much I want to talk to you about, but I think we should probably get what, into what, the movie. About New York, you mean? Or? No, no, just, in, just, you know, just how the world is. It's just, it's just funny, you know? Yeah. Movies, oh, all the different, you know, I was going to bring up Bong Joon-ho's um, Mickey 17 getting scrapped, which I'm still upset about just because I was thinking about parasite and uh you know this would have been the i hope we're not jinxing it i don't think it's getting scrapped i think it's just getting pushed right i don't know because there was an announcement a couple days ago that he's working on an animated movie now so i don't know what that means for it that's probably just because he's done with the movie i'm sure he finished mickey 17 it was supposed to come out in march so he probably finished it like months ago um I don't know. I would. I know it's Warner Brothers. And I know David Zaslav is maybe the most evil person on the planet Earth, but <laughs> I. I don't think. I don't think uh, it's. Uh, they would. They wouldn't scrap a Bong Joon Ho. Like they wouldn't scrap the follow up to Parasite. Like that would be insane. I think they're just holding it for Can probably or for maybe. You know, it makes more sense to release a movie like this in, uh, you know, October than it does in March. You know, a movie. Yeah, that's probably that is. A- that is true that for is Oscar true. consideration, all that sort of thing. So I think, I mean, I, I, it's reprehensible what they're doing 
to me it doesn't matter that it's just these stupid movies that like i wouldn't have like i wouldn't have seen batgirl or coyote whatever <laughs> like it doesn't to me it's like that's not important like it's it's just a blatant blatantly immoral thing to do um but uh you know i don't know we have no power in this situation um yep yep just sad you know it is sad. i'm worried about it, it. i'm worried about it because it was supposed to come out and we've literally only seen one production still <laughs> you know and it's like it's it's one of those things where i'm like i'm crossing my fingers but hopefully it does hopefully you're right hopefully it uh comes out in the next you know couple of months yeah uh, they're putting all their tips on dune right now which makes yeah, sense which like, makes that's sense. gonna be a big yeah. movie I'm, I'm very excited for that actually we should talk about uh getting together to see dune actually that'd be fun definitely um definitely. but yeah i think um that that's what's really going on hmm. well um let's talk about may december i this is a very interesting movie um did you know anything an, about this before uh you know i because i had seen like the netflix like you know it just says the description or whatever mm. um that was that was all that i knew about it um so i didn't really know the the central idea but it's interesting because this movie is a very um you could tell it's a pretty low budget movie um but it has very high budget stars um mm-hmm. you know there's julianne moore and natalie portman i guess are the major ones but um it's a movie about a (laughs) um a couple who uh 20 years before the the start of the movie um had an affair and the boy call it that yeah yeah the the boy boy was was 12 or 13 um and the (laughs) the woman was 30 or whatever and already had 36 yeah and had a whole family had kids had a had a family um and so you know this takes place 20 years after the the whole and i I guess it turned into a media circus and this whole um you know cultural touchstone um and 20 years later a young actress is um coming to play a you know a new independent version of um you know what happened in the story and so she's she's doing research uh on the character she's trying to to portray her um you know as <laughs> as accurately as possible well, maybe maybe i mean I, I know. she's doing the thing a lot of actors do which is shadowing yeah. the real person getting you know a sense the actors are i mean this movie is perhaps the most scathing movie about actors yeah maybe like 100%. ever made and you can see why some like sag or like even the academy like people would balk at it a little bit because um it's really kind of um maybe not making a mockery but definitely poking fun at the sort of actor uh mentality of i gotta follow this person i gotta see what makeup they use how they bake a cake all this <laughs> stuff well i mean which i mean to be fair it makes sense you'd want to do that as an actor i'm not saying it's a, a bad thing but it is it is very funny sort of in the context of of this movie's tone i guess yeah um well i'll, I'll go into it a bit later because i would consider this to be a spoiler um mm-hmm. so i'm not gonna i'm not gonna talk about it now but you know essentially that what I was saying about her trying to play her the most accurate she can, um, you know, was a little bit tongue in cheek because there's, there's somewhat of a reveal later on that I won't spoil yet, but, um, I think, (laughs) I think is pretty hilarious. Um, but, 
yeah so this this dropped last year and um i you know i hadn't heard that much about it i don't really feel like there was a lot of buzz about it for being a netflix movie Um, you know like a lot of netflix movies i think it was big for a week you know it probably a lot of people i'm sure a lot of people saw it they click on they know you know the two lead actresses um it definitely was a big movie in like film circles you know i think it was definitely the center of discourse for you know a few weeks you know todd haynes is a pretty well-known director in those circles but in for just regular film goers i mean i don't know if most people are that like up on todd todd haynes's carol or safe or any of this stuff very two very good movies um and i think it was kind of i don't know there was some hope for some oscar notice for this movie but i think in retrospect it's not surprising that a movie (laughs) it's also just sort of an odd movie it's not a movie that's has the you know like when you look at the holdovers it's very inviting it's very warm and and there's a lot of um sympathy you can have for the characters in the movie and this is a movie that definitely holds things a little bit from a a distance maybe even an ironic distance i think in many cases um so i i felt like a lot of people you know i recommended this movie to a lot of people a lot of people kind of came away from it saying like oh that was pretty good but like what that what was that what the hell is the point of that you know it's like um so i think it, it um the only nomination it got was for original screenplay and i think honestly it only got that because barbie moved to adapted screenplay because somehow barbie is an adaptation of a toy i don't know how that makes any sense <laughs> but what, whatever it's cla- i mean weirder things have happened than the oscars um yeah but i don't know i'm just first of all i'm just curious like what did you think of this movie cameron yeah i liked it though um there were it did a couple things that bothered me but overall i really enjoyed my my experience um just considering the fact that it's a very um it's a, it is kind of one of those movies that like tar i think it 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 has a similar vibe for me of of something like tar where it's like it's kind of this this character study and it's uh, you know it's a bit drawn out it kind of goes in depth in this in this very you know somber and serious tone in some ways and then um you know <laughs> the end makes me laugh you know for for like 20 minutes after you know it's like it's like one oh, of those things okay. where it's like i get it's, you <laughs> it's like a joke you know there's there's a joke in kind of the ending conclusion where you you walk away being like okay some of this wasn't wasn't all the, all that serious you know um yeah, yeah and even still i do think what it's what it's you know I, I say that kind of um again a little bit ironically because there's the movie is dealing with such a heavy subject. And I think when it is dealing with that subject, it's treating it very, very seriously. Um, I don't think it's, I don't think it's doing that ironically. And I really love, you know, one of the things that I thought I was not going to like, um, you know, originally um, was um, so Charles Melton, he he plays the, Mm -hmm. the, you know, He's now, now grown older, yeah. but he was the the child, um, and I thought his performance early on was very um, like weird to me. Especially like there's a scene where where his um, there's a scene where he he and his dad are like talking, and it's a little bit awkward. Um, but 
later on as the movie goes along, I like really, really started to love his portrayal. Um, mm-hmm. And it was very, it was a stark turn where I was like, oh, there's, you know, it's not that he's being, because he's, he's very like stiff. He's very like mm-hmm. reserved. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, partially I thought it was just, he, you know, maybe was a, you know, he wasn't quite as in the role as, as, you know, he's playing alongside Natalie Portman and Julianne Moore. You know, it's hard, it's hard to stand up in, in that kind of role. No, but then it's definitely as, intentional. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Then as I went along, it's, it's very, very clear that that's not the case that he's, he's essentially playing a stunted 13 year old, you know, someone who's, who's kind of stuck in an adolescent, uh, you know, mindset someone who's who's kind of shy and you know it basically like a bullied young kid um mm-hmm. essentially yeah um and so as the movie goes along i really really loved his his character um and his portrayal and i think when it's that was my most you know that was where i was hooked the most with this movie was when it was about his you know his relationships when it was about his experience with his kids and you know and then the interactions between him and and gracie julianne moore's character um where you know it feels like a mother-son dynamic it feels like uh mm-hmm. you know he's being scolded by his teacher a bit and there's like a very there's a very uncomfortable dynamic and then it you know kind of turns at one point in the movie and so i i really really loved his character i thought it was um i thought it was pretty amazing i i was shocked that (laughs) later on i you know earlier on i i felt like he was not as good and then you know as i as i kept watching it turned around for me yeah he was Um, really like out of left field kind of um discovery i guess you would say for for me because i just hadn't seen him in really anything and i just knew him as like he was in like riverdale he was in like some like tv shows or whatever but mm-hmm. i didn't it, it, nothing that would prepare me for like a, one of the like best performances i've seen really all year and and one genuinely people started to say like is this guy gonna steal the oscar from downey like people were <laughs> starting to go like mm, maybe and then he didn't get nominated because i mean the whole movie basically got snubbed uh, yeah. for the most part um but he's yeah he's wonderful and he I think he really kind of grounds the story in um I don't know it's a really amazing kind of balance of tones that he's able to that Todd Haynes is able to manage in the movie from this very arch portrayal of this relationship between these women and the portrayal of just uh this actress and her actress brain and then um you know this like kind of deeply heartfelt story about um, this, as you said, a person who's kind of stuck in a, in a uh, suspended adolescence, I guess, and has sort of, um, and it's, it's also an interesting movie about like marriage too. Cause there's a part of you that kind of watches it and you're like, well, this is, it's the, it, things have kind of settled down for them until she shows up. Like things have kind of been so mm-hmm. like, um, they've been normalized, I guess. And, it, and you see him as sort of unhappy like in this relationship or kind of very muted as he's going about his life 
but part of it is kind of just like the familiar muted like yes honey kind of thing of just what it is to be a husband you know like take out yeah. the trash you, you get some takeout for us you know but also is at the same time an extension of his um I mean, being abused, his being taken advantage of when he was, you know, all, all those years ago. Um, and I don't know, it's just a really interesting movie about how those, um, like something so awful can then settle just into normalcy with his family and including extending to the children who obviously have like discomfort about what's going on or what's happened and how, how, how this family has been formed and also just discomfort about the mother's behavior in general. Um, but like any family that's has an unhealthy dynamic, it's kind of just becomes like par for the course. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's, I don't know. I just think it's really wonderfully portrayed by everyone in the movie. I think it's just, um, across the board, just great performance. And not only just the, the, you know, the, the people who appear throughout the movie, but, um, a lot of great one scene appearances. I, I also would note, you know, like the guy who plays her husband, it just had that one oh, scene yeah. she has, like, he's like really great. Um, the guy at the pet store who's in Richard Jewell, you know, he was, he's very good. Um, oh, and then the son, her, her, her son is yeah. now grown up with the blonde hair and he's singing in his, in his wacky band. Um, that guy has such a great presence and is so kind of, like kind of menacing and, and has a just a weird vibe to him. Um, really tremendous work. I think his name's Corey Michael Smith. Um, yeah, really excellent. Yeah. Well, um, I guess I do want to go into um, one thing that, as all with all of these movies, I kind of uh, come away a little bit annoyed. Where it's like, it's it's like I do want a little bit more drama sometimes or i want something some more of a hook and i think for me huh, the, okay. the reason why this w worked was because of the um you know the the scandalous nature of the you know like you're leaning into the uh to the tabloid nature of of what he's putting out um and so i i do i do like that i mean i think that pulls you in um but there are moments where I'm like, I want it, you know, I like when she's like behind her and she's like, she's like putting on her makeup and she's like pretending to do the list, but you know, and it's like, it, it's like, he's like hinting at something more. What do you want them to um, kiss Cameron? What, no, what, no, no, what, no, no, what are you no, saying? No. Here? <laughs> I'm like, like, um, like hinting at them being like, that you know they're like melding into a person you know and there's like so the in a in a normal movie not maybe not a normal movie in a more dramatic movie which i wouldn't want this in this movie but in a more dramatic movie there would be something more um avant-garde going on you know where it's like you know there's there's some something sinister going on where it's you know it turns well, out she's a she's her daughter or something, you know, like, so there's, well, that would, I mean, that'd be, in this kind obviously of movie, be st silly, stupid. But, yeah. But, but it is, no, he's definitely going for that. You know, in fact, we, his, one of his main inspirations for this is the movie persona. And he's definitely mm. evoking some of that, like definitely. imagery of the two women sort of together in front of the mirror um, in those scenes, especially when they're, you know, that 
there's a number of scenes where they're in in front of a mirror actually mm-hmm. they're doing the makeup um the bathroom at the restaurant and also that like terrific scene where the daughter is um or julianne moore's daughter is trying on the uh, uh graduation dresses uh where yeah. it's like a triple mirror um He's he he's always like tipping the movie just a little bit into the <laughs> unsettlingly like like it could go into the surreal or it could go into that like kind of like you know like David Lynch zone or something like that but it never does which I think is yeah is right and also right because it's like he's he's tre- treating the subject with like the gravity it deserves but also kind of. Um, I don't know. Maybe he's just having sort of fun with with the visual style and with the with this kind of. Um, it also just creates an unsettling feel. He he's evo- by evoking Bergman or Lynch or you know like Mulholland Drive. Also, I'm thinking of is definitely inspired by Persona. By by evoking those movies, he creates this just this sort of tension to it, which I think was was enough for me. Like even though the movie doesn't like. <laughs> It doesn't definitely doesn't go as dramatic. I mean, you're right as it could have. Um, to me, it, it's so the tension of the situation and the t- and the tension between them of both mm-hmm. kind of hating each other but <laughs> needing something from each other and like Julianne Moore knowing like it's to her benefit to be nice to this woman so that she's portrayed well in this movie and and port to Portman's benefit so she can you know vampirically siphon all of her <laughs> you know uh information to play this role i mean i think mick was maybe the one who said something about the vampiric nature of actors or or even movie making in his review of this and i think that's yeah. there's definitely something to that um to me it just it's it that's what makes the movie um not just like oh vaguely interesting it makes it like really electric to watch especially the first time i saw it where i didn't know i was gathering the information because i knew nothing about it and so i was like wait what is this relationship and like how you know how long has she known this boy you know because also you're like is this her son at first and you know like you're you're not certain you're uncertain of what's exactly going on right right you sort of when the hammer drops down in the theater i was like oh it's this like this is what's going on um (laughs) it's, it's pretty pretty amazing um so you know, it's 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 pretty co- it's pretty compelling throughout to me. I think it's not. It's, I think for me, probably the first time still was the most like fun I had watching it, just because mm-hmm. I was sort of picking up all those pieces and also seeing where it's. You know, it's a little bit also like a. Um, it's like a noir, like a detective movie in some ways, because Natalie Portman's going around with her notebook and she's interviewing <laughs> people and she's like trying to solve this mystery. Um, but of course, it's not like a mystery in the conventional sense of like there's an answer, you know, as you sort of yeah, yeah. come to find out. Um, well, or sort, not? I mean, sort of. I think there, there I think kind she's... of is, but it's you know you can't totally define a person, you know, the way yeah, exactly, a murderer yeah. or whatever. I do think she's, you know, in Natalie Portman's character, she's wanting to get to the bottom of what makes someone do something as you know disturbing and reprehensible as this um and in some you know when she's talking in the uh sort of circle the you know when she's in the acting class um and she she's talking about how you know she likes she likes putting together you know why would why do some people do these things you know what makes a a person do you know do a bad thing um Mm. And in her mind, she's she's kind of discovering, like she says, she says, you know, 
are they are they made or are they born you know um is right. that you know kind of thrust and and i think she's she's looking for the answer of of how was she made you know how was this uh perverted old lady made <laughs> um and yeah. you know and then i think i think there's another element to it that is more subtle but that i picked up on uh where it's a um it's an it's a question of like Cause she's, she's going around with her notebook. She's like trying to study all these people and mm. um, she's like, she, you know, okay. So what, uh, what other sinister thing is going on here? You know, what's the deeper element of, of tragedy or blah, blah, blah. Um, you know, what, what else is, is beneath the surface that I can uncover. And the reality is that it's, there's nothing. It's just a normal, you know, family more or less and there's there's these dregs that have um you know been been kind of there's relationships that have been destroyed and that have changed ever since it happened but it's not like she's you know you know she natalie portman's on her computer looking up like the sex offender list and it's like she yeah is she gonna find (laughs) something on there that's gonna (laughs) enlighten her character not really but you know it's like it it, you know there's something she wants out of out of the fact that oh it's this salacious story of you know she's she's in the back room with a 13 year old you know and it's like it's you know more or less she's just a a normal woman you know in a more or less normal relationship um, at that point i guess at that point but but also like a a deeply narcissistic i mean uh well let's we should should we just put the spoiler stamp on as we go forward i'm getting a little nervous about like how much work we can say (laughs) because also the, the other thing we didn't mention is this is kind of inspired by a true story or at least the 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 relationship between the older woman and the boy is, is it's very much inspired by this woman, I think named Mary Kay Letourneau where in the nineties, it was this huge scandal and she was having, you know, sleeping with this kid who was 12 or 13 and also a white woman, Asian guy. And in fact, some of the, the photos on the magazines are like very accurate recreations of some of the tabloids mm-hmm. of, uh, of Letourneau. Um, but even so, I don't know if I, I just don't want to, I, I don't know how much we're, we is would we be spoiling the movie, so I think let's just say beyond this point, we're we're going into full spoilers. We're talking about everything. Um, I, I recommend the movie very. This is like one of my favorite movies of this year. Um, I think it's my favorite Todd Haynes movie, also at least the ones I've seen. Mm. Um, so definitely, definitely check it out. Um, yeah, when you get to the end of the movie. <laughs> Well, I mean, the thing about it is, is she gets kind of an an she gets a little bit of an answer from the son, right? He says yeah, yeah. it was the the um, uncles molesting her, right, or the, her brothers were molesting her, and that's the sort of thing where, again, I don't want to draw generalizations about actors. I don't want to sound like one of these people who says everyone in Hollywood is evil. I'm not trying to sound like this, <laughs> but I do think there is a thing about like actors who especially when they play bad people, they're always looking for like, and actors and filmmakers too. And maybe just storytellers. You're looking for like, what's the reason they're like this? What's right, the, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. the reason they're bad? It's And it always comes back to, you know, or at least the, the hackier filmmakers to like, it's trauma or it's some kind <laughs> of like, there's something that explains what they did. 
they were they were hurt as a young person. There's a lot of these prequels, these ridiculous prequels to like, you know, even the Joker movie, which I mean I liked at the time, but is a little bit kind of like a pat, like oh he went so through so much, and this is what you know, this is the reason he's how he is. Even like they did one about Nurse Ratchet from uh, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. It's like so <laughs> stupid, um, but it's. I think it's there's 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 an attraction to that because it it what it is is it it's a little bit comforting to have an explanation of like oh, okay yeah. this you know, is people why are, people yeah. are good but you know things turn them turn them bad you know they, yeah they started off a good person which yeah. isn't really the case but <laughs> I mean it, it it can be true I mean look we're we're just talking about waves I mean like there's there's yeah. examples for sure that that you know people are you know something bad happens and it and it turns them bad and and, and it is true I think a lot of people who are sexually abused end up becoming sexual abusers like it's not it's not without truth but i think what's really chilling in this movie is is when she says and i guess you could interpret it as julianne moore is lying which i feel like each time i've seen it, i've gone a little back and forth like mm-hmm. was she but i think it's a, i dramatically it's a more it's a better answer that she's saying yeah i wasn't like that that was just bs my my son was saying and i'm just I'm just this person for like, no, there's no reason yeah. behind it. Yeah. I just wanted to, you know, and in a way it's more like her being sort of just like this entitled, she sees herself as kind of like a princess, you know, it was like this, 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 uh, handsome prince whisked me away from my life. And the handsome prince being a, a 13 year old boy. <laughs> um, but it's like people who do that. It's like, they have this level of self delusion, you know, but she's yeah, still, when yeah. she's talking to Charles Melton, when he kind of confronts her at the end, and he's saying, um, she keeps saying, like, you were in charge. Who is in charge? You know, she's sort of saying, she's always putting the onus on him as right. being, like, the one who made the first move. He's like, what are you talking about? I was 13, like, I can't un- couldn't have understood. But, um, you know, that's how people get their hooks and you know, people like that is by, um, it's, not just, it's not just by brute force. It's by that kind of, you know, steady um, drip of uh, m- emotional manipulation. What you yeah. see throughout the well, movie, the way she's, yeah. Anyway, go ahead. I was, I was gonna say, you know, she's. <laughs> it's funny because um, Natalie Portman's character is looking for that, you know, inciting incident. She's looking for why, you know, she she did the thing. Um, but as you said, it really is kind of just because she's a narcissistic person, and that comes out when you know she's like, she's crying over the over the fact that like someone canceled their orders, you know, in, in the bakery. Spent all that time know. making a <laughs> upside down cake or whatever, you know? And she's like, she, it's, it's one of these things where, um, which I think, I don't know if it was the same for you, but for me, that was the point of the movie where I had, I lost any sympathy for Julianne Moore's character at all. You know, I, I had, I had little before, um, not much but- before, but yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> But, you know, after that, I was like, I was like, oh, my goodness, like this lady is like so manipulative and so like, like she it's like natural for her to be manipulative in in, in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Um, and that scene, it's a very small point of emotional manipulation, but it's like it's this like, like she's so upset and so, you know so crying over the fact that someone, you know, someone changed something about her life, you know? And so she has to kind of, um, she, she, you know, it's, I don't know. It's one of these things that's, that's very, um, 
it's it's annoying to me. It's very <laughs> well. It's, it's very chilling her, because it, it's it it that's how you take advantage, especially of a compassionate yeah. person like yes, him. Where it's, exactly, you know, yeah. she's always even just in the early scene where she starts crying because he's like smells like charcoal in the bed or whatever, and she just keeps <laughs> you know like just just right, the way she right, uses right. utilizes that kind of emotional instability to um basically just get her way. Um, it's you know it's this movie is as dynamic reminds me a lot of is sunset boulevard um mm. and it is mm, it's, it's, yeah. it's a very akin to <laughs> gloria swanson i'm gonna kill myself if you yeah, leave me yeah, all yeah. this stuff <laughs> um and it's yeah it, it's a you know quite quite a similar uh relationship here with where it's just like he's like because because i think natalie portman said at some point is like you know you should leave her or something like that and he's like you know she'll be she, she says something like she'll be all right and he's like no no, no she won't be yeah. like you you don't yeah. understand um and the way I think he's he's right. Like I don't I don't think Julianne Moore is even conscious that she's doing these things or like why she's doing it. Like a person like that is so ensconced in their own kind of um, just way of behaving and and just their sort of sixth sense for how they can manipulate people that it's 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 probably not even like she's not cognizantly going oh if I cry now he's going to, you know, come back to me or he's going to take his shirt off or whatever. It's just um, second nature at that point. And yeah. that's, you know, yeah. it's, it's very, very scary kind of um, to see portrayed so well by, <laughs> by them and by Julianne Moore, who's just, of course, is like so terrific at, at playing this kind of character. Um, it's pretty awesome to behold. Yeah. Um, uh, um, and then the other despicable person in the movie is Natalie Portman's character who, yes. um, you know, as you go along, you're kind of, you're noticing these things of, of her, you know, um, for me, it was like, like little looks or glances at, at people, uh, throughout the movie that was like very, like her whole face changes, you know? And it's mm -hmm. like, she's, she's like answering a question on stage or something, you know, she like, she turns around at the, at the waiter or something, or, you know, she, it, it's like these very like fake moments, um, that Natalie Portman plays, um, which I, I thought she did very well where it's like, it's like, she's, she's like overacting sincere sincerity, you know? Um, oh, when when the woman and... says, "I loved you in Nora's Ark," and she says, "Oh, thank you," oh, yeah. that means the world. And she like puts her hand on her heart. Um, oh God, that, that is such. Yeah, a, yeah, I exactly. Mean... <laughs> yeah. So but like, there's have, there's yeah, these but... little moments throughout the movie where it's like she's she's playing this um, you know sincere, very kind character, um, and then obviously the big th the big manipulative things that she's doing um, about you know really just wedging herself in between um you know in in within the relationship and you know even the even that classroom scene which is very um <laughs> it's a very weird thing to do right you're you're studying a um a person you go to that person's daughter's class and then you you describe how exactly you're studying to to learn how poor of a character this person is you know it's a very yeah. like yeah. manipulative and and weird not manipulative but a, but a very like narcissistic thing to do yeah um and so you know there's there's those moments and then obviously the big moment is is her um you know her getting 
the the guy to cheat to cheat on you know Julianne Moore, yeah, which melted is to sleep a, with her, yeah, 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 is another. It's a very like reflective. Um, it's it's a reflection of what happens. Obviously, these you know both of these things are reflections um, because they're you know he's trying to make it. She's trying to become Julianne Moore's character in a lot of ways, and so he yeah. she kind of manipulates him in in a very similar way um, to to how you know you know how it's it's seems to be where it's like she's she's this very um she kind of just throws herself at him and he doesn't really he doesn't need to do anything other than her just throwing himself or throwing herself at him you know there's no there's no like um pretense courting or anything like that it's it's just a very um you know she's taking it from him essentially yeah um, and it almost kind of triggers his comprehension of his own being taken advantage of i feel like when you get to the yeah uh, end of the or, or, or after it's after he he sleeps with her that she uh that he basically decides to confront julianne more about the whole thing um so that's yeah that's very good very good good writing in terms of that that yeah. whole dynamic yeah i agree um yeah, and it, it it's just kind of an interesting. Um, <laughs> obviously, it would be extremely unethical to do this, but she's seeing it as like a research project. Like, oh, how close can I get to this guy? You know how, you know what I I need to have the same experience that that she had twenty years ago. So, you know, how close can I can I get to that? Right. Um, and I have it's, to go to the literal place where she had sex in the pet yeah. shop. You know, I have to sleep sleep with the same man. You know, have get the feeling. What does it like to sneak around with him? Um, and then I think that's all what you're kind of alluding to earlier about it paying off with the movie you see at the end, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And and you know that's that's kind of the joke at the end is that um, it's like the most sort of sleazy pornographic version of this story you know it has yeah. no like no artistic value whatsoever um and it's it's very much the you know they watch like a little scene of a tv movie or it's on in the background mm-hmm. but it's like a tv movie version of this and it's like so over the top and ridiculous she like throws a snake or something <laughs> she <laughs> you throws know? Her, her blouse on top of the snake oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah yeah tank yeah. yeah um you know and it's like oh you know the what you assume is like she's doing that, you know, to to watch like how ridiculous it was portrayed. But <laughs> as it turns out, you know, it's it's just as ridiculous, um, you know, what 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 their movie is doing. Um, and this this movie almost feels like it does for biopics what kind of what Tar did for for live scoring uh, concerts because it really <laughs> yeah, makes me yeah. a little. It, 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 honestly, I, it's it's weird because I've never I knew all these things about like the ethics of filmmaking and telling true stories and like how these things are made. Um, it's not like it's it's um, being revealed to me, but it 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 did strike me after watching this movie like how weird it is to make movies based on real people <laughs> and especially on like traumatic real stories, just how kind of right. like you have to be a little bit sick in the head. I mean, hopefully most 
filmmakers are not as sick as as Natalie Portman in this movie and not as evil but um but you have to be a little bit messed up to want to do this sort of thing and it almost feels like Todd Haynes by making this movie it's almost like he wanted to make a movie about Mary Kay Letourneau and make a movie about this kind of affair that happened but realized it's a more um interesting and maybe also more um less exploitative way to do it to make a movie about making a movie right um, yeah about it which i think i don't know i'm not sure if this this struck everyone who watched it because i definitely i have to say i did look through the like google reviews and stuff like that and there's a lot of people who just watched this movie and they were like hollywood again trying to romanticize pet first of all i don't really know what how many hollywood <laughs> movies in the last like 30 years are like romanticizing pedophilia but you came away from this movie thinking it was about how great pedophilia is. Like, I don't, I don't know. To me, this movie, I'm like almost surprised this movie, like, except they lack the intelligence to think this, but like this movie should be like the movie that all the people who hate Hollywood would like praise the most because they're like, yeah, 100%. That's how it is. That's what, that's what actors are like. Cause I've never, I've like rarely seen a movie more damning towards, um, just the, the bizarre behavior of, of, actors and just the kind of even if it's not overtly doing awful things it's still just kind of the the callousness about it that it's like you're turning this really awful thing that happened and you're making it about yourself and about your own like self-revelation and you know self-discovery uh, meanwhile it's like here's a, a real thing that happened that you're kind of overlooking um and again, I'm not, you know, I'm doing like the not all men or, you know, not all white people, <laughs> not all Hollywood. I'm not saying this, you know, like I'm not making generalizations. And also Todd Haynes has made, you know, a number of movies about real people himself. Um, but it definitely, you know, it was kind of, it reminded me of the Fablemans uh, the previous year where um, it's kind of a movie about where it just sort of has made me think about movies in general and about like, maybe movies are evil or something like that. I don't know, you know, like, or just that there's they, they not evil, but just like, you have to be kind of sick to make them, you know? Um, <laughs> obviously Spielberg is more, has a more gentle and I think romantic view in his movie. And this, this is a very biting kind of a more cynical film. Yeah. Um, but it's, I don't know. There's a lot of, there's a lot of truth in the, the, uh, I don't know. It is there is you can see the attraction to wanting to tell these stories and wanting to like, ooh, I'm going to make a movie about this thing. It's going to be so crazy and dramatic and and even you talk yourself. That's the other thing about Natalie Portman is like I don't I don't think she's like much like Julianne Moore's character. She's not. Um, I think she thinks what she's doing is important. It's not like everything mm -hmm. she's doing. Yeah is just like, haha, I'm doing this thing, you know, but really I have my evil intent. Like, I think she really thinks that like, I'm telling an important story, all the things she's saying, I, she believes, you know, and you hear actors saying this stuff like all the time, because they, they always have this kind of like media training thing of like how I'm supposed to promote the movie, how I'm supposed to talk about it in terms of like, what is the effect in the world? And like, you know, this is a story about a woman who, you know, has a lot more going on under the surface. There's always like this kind of like, patter going on um and god she just like portrays this i really think it's like one of her best natalie portman's best performances she's just wonderful at it um but i don't know what do you what do you think cameron is this movie taking a stake <laughs> to the heart of hollywood well i do i i do think it's very critical of the way that these types of 
of projects are are made and it i think specifically in terms of like how um <laughs> how damaging and exploitative it, it is to to a person to have gone through that experience and then to kind of leech onto their life um and be this like this like total just spectator within all of it um and then you know not only that but insert yourself into the you know into that relationship yeah without a care in the world um you know but she like you said she thinks she's doing such a noble cause and she thinks you know they're you know they're gonna change the world with this dumb movie and then on top of that the the flip side of that is that julianne moore's character and you know not not even her character but um uh melton's character thinks that thinks that she's gonna do them a service by making this movie you know she like like he's sincere about you know when they're having that conversation or whatever about her being annoyed um that she's like following them around all day um Mm -hmm. she she's um you know he says like this is going to do us a favor. People are going to understand us more now. Right. Um, right. Which is totally not true because, you know, that's, that's never the case. It's never, um, you know, to the benefit of the, of the subject, you know, that, that this is, you know, she's following them around and, and picking up their lives. Um, yeah, not this kind of story, at least, you know? Yeah. It's always, and especially for something as, um, tabloidy and as kind of grotesque as a story like this i mean this is always just a spectacle thing where it's like you know they're they're making a you know they're they're turning this into a romance movie you know and you can tell that from the beginning basically um and that is kind of that is as much of a critique of of hollywood as anything is you know it's it's taking this story that has very sad very disturbing consequences um in both of their lives um and turning it into this you know um you know this this romance novel you know this very um you know diluted spectacle well i don't know if they're turning into a romance novel but definitely just in into into something that's like titillating or kind of like for cheap like just the thrill of it being yeah. like, oh, it's you know, it's sort of uh, look, look how awful, look how wrong this is. But isn't it kind of like there's a cheeky thrill in it? Um, which I don't know if those kind of movies really get made anymore. Again, I think it's key. This movie is set a little bit in the past. You know, that's actually interesting. It's set in 2015. I kind of wonder if it's like was he kind of thinking about it in terms of pre Me Too, that sort of mentality. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I I I also think. Um it's an interesting element to it of, of it being a, um, you know, an older woman and a younger man where it's a very different, um, <laughs> it's a different story. You know, if it's the other way around, it's, it's a, it's a much more, um, overtly sinister story. Um, but the, the tabloids are, you know, they always pick up on that, on that, you know, ooh, isn't this scandalous nature? Not isn't this, you know, disturbing and and awful? <laughs> you, you know, like it's the story isn't isn't oh this woman is 
is doing this this horrible thing to this child. It's well, you know, kind of. I don't know. Well, I think a person like that would be pretty vilified. I mean, she was pretty vilified in the '90s. I think, right? I mean, I don't, I know. don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Um, Certainly now they would be. I mean, it's someone like that. I feel like you'd get the Amber Heard treatment if you were, you know, sleeping with a thirteen-year-old. I just, I think, but. I don't know. Yeah. It, it's still pretty unsettling, like the way it, it can be. Because even even sometimes people can have like ul- ulterior, even subconscious motives in there, like why they're telling a story. And like sometimes it sure. can be like, I'm trying to tell something interesting, but I'm also a little bit. And, and, and I'm not even like a person who's against that. Like I, I, I'm sounding like a person who's like Hollywood is sick, but like I, I think that artists should like be weird and should be, you know, um, should make art that is unsettling because like sometimes you know a lot of the time you just end up with i mean a lot of times you just end up with a bland biopic that's neither here nor there and sometimes you end up making something that seems like really kind of um you know like that movie about Ma- marilyn monroe last year where it was just kind of um it just was a kind of this endless parade of suffering and exploitation um i don't really think he was trying to make it titillating but it was the same sort of thing where it's just like a, a kind of a shallow movie about that experience um Mm -hmm. but the flip side of that is sometimes you know like look at martin scorsese who's made a whole career of making movies about really messed up real people and the awful things they do i mean i i think it's um you know it it can result in in great art um but i think he's coming (laughs) he's coming around in in the other direction now of being like no, maybe it shouldn't be entertaining. You know, maybe maybe it's actually maybe that's actually the problem. You know, um, I mean, maybe, but I I still think that's the fault of the viewer. Then, I mean, yeah, I no, I, I agree, I agree with, I, but but I think that's where that's the direction that he's been in in the last couple of movies. That's actually um, a key thing. A, a good point is like something like Wolf of Wall Street is kind of like could be like the movie they're making because well no it's it seems more like they're trying to go for something like cheeky in the movie they're making. oh yeah no it's so I, don't, I think I it's pretty obvious <laughs> i shouldn't i shouldn't compare that to wolf of wall street but there are certain <laughs> things where like a movie can be made about some awful person and then people who watch it go hey this is great you know wow i want to be just like this person um i think i would but, say that that's what happens more often than not um now i i don't think you see a lot of movies that are like you know absolutely glorifying awful people um i i think that's pretty rare nowadays i would i can't think of one at least i can't think of i don't i don't know but i i do think um you know i think it's obvious in the movie that they're portraying this as like this is the most you know kind of the most cheap um version of a story like this um you know it's just as as cheap and exploitative as the tv movie you know it's 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 very lowbrow you know i i don't think i think that's pretty obvious by (laughs) the way that that was shot oh yeah yeah the Um, way in the dialogue and the way yeah She's it. holding a snake. And She's it. holding a snake. It's not that kind of snake. <laughs> oh god! And it was so great that music and the way that movie ends and he does the, you know, with big the big musical score, um, really awesome. And I love I love at the end. She's like, 
um she's like no wait you know just one more <laughs> i'm getting at something true <laughs> you know and it's like it's 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 funny it's it's a good it's a good joke that's why i'm you know i'm i'm happy with with how the movie turned out because it's it's a like tar you know it's a it's a funny joke to me <laughs> yeah at the end yeah um i think um yeah it's 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 a shame people took the movie in this kind of i it's just funny reading people's reviews of of this where they they think this is a movie that's like because also i think people object to it as like it's you're taking advantage of the story or you're or people think you're it's romanticizing this relationship um and it's it's just um I almost thought the movie went more overtly critical than I was expecting it to because I was kind of impressed that for about two thirds of it you're just watching this movie and going like how does this guy really feel like is he mm-hmm. is yeah. it even like it's wrong what happened but then it's sort of since you're so kind of enveloped in the normalcy just the day to day life of this of the family now um. I could see someone walking away with it, maybe going, Oh, is this, you know, is this normalizing this? But it's like, it's so clear when you get to the end, when he like literally confronts her and says like, I was too young. Like, I don't know how you watch it. Maybe these people just turned the movie off. They watched like 10 minutes and they just said, <laughs> I've had enough of this. Um, but it's quite, I don't know it's quite powerful when that, when that moment comes with Melton and that whole, just yeah. the whole ending, I just love. I mean, if we could talk about some of the more specifics, his, um, well, after they have the big argument, she goes off to hunt, which is just hilarious, and then he's like, um, "Oh, the 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 butterfly emerges." This is, mm-hmm. leads to like one of my favorite shots, maybe my favorite shot in any movie this year, is where he walks out with a butterfly, and you see his reflection, and it flies away, and then his daughter walks into frame in her dress, like. That I mean, in a movie that's not, you're not like weeping your eyes out. It's not like a super emotionally open movie. That's like an incredibly touching, beautiful moment. As is him at the graduation and just yeah. kind of like emotionally destroyed as as he's seeing his his children graduate. Um, really, just beautifully played by by Charles Melton. He does a wonderful job. And obviously, you know the the metaphor the metaphor of the butterfly and him, you know, never never getting a chance to to grow up. Uh, yeah. Oh yes. Into, of course. Yeah. You know, and then you know that's why it's it's kind of touching and and emotional about you know him him watching his kids from the sideline having that experience that he not never got to have basically. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and it, it's very um, yeah, it's very it's very touching, and I I do think. I do think that's kind of the best part of this movie in in a way is like the story of him um, even co- sort of just recognizing, you know, what, what truly happened to him um, waking up in some ways to the fact that he's been stuck in a, you know, a, a deep pit that he hasn't been able to get out of. Yeah. It's almost um, a little like, um, that's why you say that. Let's look the sunken place. Like it's a little like get yeah. out. Where like if someone is just like kind of in a zombified, not really sort of awake, but not not really uh, state. Yeah, it, and he, the way he kind of walks around and he's he's a little kind of like sleepwalking, you know. That's yeah. probably why he thought he wasn't good acting because it kind of feels like he's just like this bland guy. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
that's well, yeah and, and i like early on um there's this moment um where he's like texting someone and you you don't really understand like like what's going on basically mm-hmm. but like the hint is that is that like he wants to break out of this relationship he wants to be you know finding people his own age yeah Um, it's a woman he's texting about uh, the butterflies yeah yeah but in some ways he 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 can't break out of it you know there's this there's it's like an inability of him um he's too scared about what's gonna happen and and in some ways like he's he's in this um state of of immaturity because of it Mm -hmm. um you know him him going out and smoking weed on the roof with his son or you know there's like there's like these moments of him you know being more like his kids than being like julianne moore you know um Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and and it's very it's very interesting how that's portrayed i love i love all of that um i think yeah that's my favorite parts of the movie and the scene on the roof with his son is is my favorite scene of the movie that scene is, I mean, it's like very funny to me also. Like it's, it's just like, cause he, so he plays it so well, the being stone thing. And, uh, uh, and then his, his, uh, and the way he breaks down, it's like very touch. It's one of these things I like in a movie when something is both like hilarious to me, but also like, I'm, it's like almost make me tear up. Um, because that, that, that emotion he has with his son is just like, feels so real. And, um, it's really just like beautifully played, by both of them and it's also just a great moment where it looks like he's gonna fall off the roof and you go yeah <laughs> my dad said he's my dad saw this by himself and he said that when that happened he went like oh no like when he was gonna fall off the roof <laughs> yeah. um yeah yeah i just I, I love that scene i also love that it's like in a movie that basically provokes provokes nothing but like discomfort and like unsettling emotion for the entirety there's just like a scene that's like super nice vibes at least initially of yeah. father and son sharing <laughs> sharing a, uh, some weed together it's 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 very nice um before he gets very emotional i guess um was there any other scenes you wanted to highlight or other aspects of the movie what did you think of the music i gotta ask you i loved it i thought it was i thought it was pretty awesome yeah <laughs> that's what i'm talking that's why you're my man cameron <laughs> I th- I thought it was I thought it was cool. It was very like it's just a very sinister. It reminded me of like old movies, like how they do that, where it's like one yeah. kind of sinister theme, you know? Yeah, um, yeah. It's very... I mean, it, it is an old movie score, actually. That's uh, that's actually oh, the is reason. It? Yeah, it's, it's from a 1970, I think, one movie called The Go Between oh. by Michelle Legrand, one of my favorite composers. And I I was like, wow, what, who wrote this score? This is so so cool. And it's like, <laughs> oh, it's Michelle Legrand. He, he yeah. did like Umbrellas at Cherbourg, like those Jacques Demy movies. And uh, I think it works great. It's very it's it's definitely a little bit arch, but it also does kind of create this like sinister, almost like noir tone through the movie. Um, and I, I and I also just like how he deploys it sometimes, like jokingly, like that moment, <laughs> yeah, oh, where she opens the fridge and it's like, ta-da, you know, and then she just says, was we, so "I funny. think we need more hot dogs," you know, um, which is become almost like a meme at this point, but that's great. <laughs> yeah, there was a couple moments of that where it's like this is obviously played for a laugh, you know, um, which 
which is funny. I like, I like the, I mean, that was a very clear fourth wall break, you know, <laughs> but yeah. And it happens like five minutes into the movie. So I was like, Oh, interesting. And it doesn't, I feel like that doesn't happen too much after that. Like something as clear, but it's, it's, there's like little, yeah. little yeah. meta jokes throughout this movie. And, and then the obviously movie- the big one at the end. Yeah, and also the movie gets more serious as it goes along until yeah. the final scene, I suppose. Um, but yeah, I love the music. Very divisive part of the movie. I've heard a lot of really? people, including some like friends or family, who like I uh, hate. We hated the movie. Like they liked the movie, but they hated the music. Um, <laughs> Why? Because it's. I think it's just kind of over. You know, it's it's over the top, like by design. And I think it's 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 a, just a weird decision. Um, but I think I think it works. I, I think it's cool. I, here's the thing. I prefer it over the sort of, you know what? I'd, actually, if this was a French movie, there would be no music. Okay. And I prefer the, <laughs> I prefer the cantankerous score <laughs> than the no music. That's funny. It's literally a French composer, but whatever you say, Cameron, you and your French biases <laughs> have not diminished. I can see. <laughs> uh, but it is true. It's actually true. I think now I think of it, I'm thinking Anatomy of a Fall this year. There kind of is no music in that. A lot of European movies they don't use as much score. Yeah. Um, Haynes likes to use a big, like, kind of dramatic score. He's got this, like, like in Carol, he has Carter Burwell kind of write like a Philip Glass type score. That's a good movie. Um, but yeah, I, I think I think it works. I like how the movie. I think you're right. It is a little bit lower budget than some of his other stuff, but it still looks good. I'm not sure if it looked good enough that I can't remember if I thought this was shot on film. I'm really finding in the last couple of years, I cannot tell what what's shot on film and what's not. I think I could tell this was digital, but they do have kind of a grain or something going on over it. That's yeah. That's the only way that I that I knew it was digital was that the resolution was really high and then it had a lot of grain, you know? Yeah. And it looked um, not, it was a shame because this is the first time I've watched it at home and it looks not, not as good with the compression. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. you know, as it did in theaters, but yeah. I think it's still well shot. No, I, I agree. I, I like the, I like the look of the movie. I, I love, and that's why I love that last scene is like it's a very straight movie it's you know shot very naturalistically and yeah. then <laughs> how over the top that that final scene is so yeah yeah and yeah. no, it's it's really great um well i guess oh oh one other thing is is the um the mirror scene where they're where his, the daughter is trying on the mm. dresses yeah such a great scene like that where you start to realize she's starting to imitate all of julian moore's gestures um (laughs) yeah and then that the line where she says the thing about um you're so brave you know to show your arms like that or whatever she says yeah that like i remember both times i saw in the theater you heard like people go oh when that happened yeah (laughs) like it's just like oh god um no that that's one of those things where it's like I think they're trying to make her of like a different era in a lot of ways. Um, mm-hmm. And like, that's one of those moments. Uh, the other one is when she says, I gave, I gave every one of my kids a scale, you know, because my mother gave me a scale for graduation. <laughs> you <Yeah>. know? <laughs> that's an yeah. interesting point is like, she's a little bit in her own suspended adolescence too. Like she's because she has to see herself as an innocent to 
you know, commit this terrible act as a grown person, you kind of have to, in, in her, in her own way, she has to kind of, um, remain in, in her own version, a much more sinister version of suspended adolescence as he, he does. It's very, yeah. very, very messed up, very messed up movie for as kind of like, <laughs> to me, it's like very entertaining. Like it's, it's not like, um, a movie that's upsetting in like the convention. Like you don't see anything that's upsetting. I guess yeah. if you're Isaac, yeah. they're, the sex scene would be upsetting, but you know, it would, it's not like it ups, you don't, you don't see people like ch- child rape or anything like that, but it's, it's, um, it's just the, the, the tone of it. The, the also just the awkwardness, you know, like when they go to dinner and the older oh, daughter yeah. starts confronting Nelly, but you're just going like, to well, hide under the table. It's so kind of uncomfortable and, um, and like real, like it feels like a real interaction. Um, it's, it's, it's it's quite something um for for it despite feeling like that it's still very to me very fun to watch and 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 kind of darkly funny um it's sort of like um i don't know it's like anthropology or something like you're just watching these characters in this way that's kind of like omniscient you're not you're not like mm-hmm. identifying with them the way you would maybe a little charles melton but not in the same way of like the holdovers or something like that, where you're like, Oh, it's our likable characters who we sympathize with in this way. It's like, mm-hmm. um, just catching a glimpse of these very messed up people, um, which I respect. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I liked it. I thought it was good. I'm glad, I'm glad to hear. Do you think it will crack your, your top 10 list? I mean, I mean, I have a very what, what, short what? top 10 list. So yeah, I guess that's true. <laughs> So I think it. I think it will. I think it will. What did I like less than this movie? John Wick. Uh, maybe I don't know. I don't have your list in front of me yet. But. Probably. Yeah. I think. I think we'll get to ten, Cameron. Especially. I was thinking we maybe <laughs> we could do one more. I assume we're gonna do. I think we should do the best of the year after the Oscars because that would be in terms of Mondays. That's the day after the Oscars. Yeah, that's fine. So we so maybe we could do like one or two more movies, like catching up movies. Um, yeah. What do you the, think? What should I? What should what we do, do next? To, what do I have to watch? Or should we sign off and then talk about it? I don't know. Um, yeah, maybe. Okay. Well, um, this was Cine- Cinema Spectator, so I hope you had a good time. I hope everyone loved May December. Watch it. It's on Netflix. <laughs> it's a very easy movie to watch i'm sure your family and like all the like nice people you know would just love this movie cameron nah nobody would love this movie (laughs) (laughs) i think caleb liked it i follow caleb on uh i think he liked it yeah yeah i should talk to him about it (laughs) yeah it's it's interesting but uh, Um, did you remember to plug the check us out on patreon all that bs nah but you know that's what isaac (laughs) for you know he does that he's gonna be very upset at you cameron i don't have to do it it's fine I can't remember what that stuff is called. Patreon. What's the other thing where you're supposed to check us out? Review. Give us a rating. Give us a review. <laughs> like and subscribe. Uh, share this with your friends. Um, cringe. Okay. Yeah. Cringe. <laughs> cringe. You guys do that every week. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I know. But, you know. You thought you could duck it this week because he's gone? <laughs> you, you pretty much, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Well, anyways, um, see you next uh, Tuesday.